0: Hey guys, and welcome to the emo van. Today we have counterintuitive records. Hooray, everyone! Hooray. Um, so we can just hop right into it. Do you want to give a little like uh, history lesson about counterintuitive?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, my name is Jake. I run the label. I started it in 2015. Um. We work with, like, uh, emo, pop-punk, indie rock bands. We've released uh, right around 100 albums. Um, We're out of Boston. I'm trying to think of any other uh, specific (laughs) highlights. Uh, Just the premier emo pop-punk bedroom label of the late uh, 2010s.
0: Sweet. Um, So I always ask about the names, because I always find names interesting and where they come from Mm -hmm. and things like that so was it just like and i know you're like right out of school when you kind of started it and everything um Mm -hmm. was it under a different name ever or were you like this is what it is and then have just rode with it the whole way
1: um it was never under a different name i kind of had like a crunch time between signing my first band bay faction and then like I had like a four month window until we were launching, and so I was like, "All right, I need to have a name by then, and I need to have a logo to go on the vinyl jackets and stuff." And uh, for a while, it was going to be Underwater Ally, which is now like a, a tape label that I do as like a subsidiary of CI, just to like work with more bands. Um, and then, yeah, when I was stressing over the the name, I was just like, "This is dumb," like worrying about how the name will be perceived is just counterintuitive to just putting out good music. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a cool name. (laughs)
0: There it is. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like,
1: that's it. Let's roll with it. And, uh, thankfully, like I feel like with a lot of names, especially band names, like over the years, you're like, I wish we didn't name it this. I wish we figured something else out. Just, uh, that would be a little more, I don't know, like marketable and stuff like that. And I've always been really confident with the name and I'm grateful that, that, that inspiration struck when it did
0: yeah that's yeah that's good do so are there any bands that you work with that have been like i wish our band name wasn't this since you brought that up has anyone Um, ever told you like fuck
1: (laughs) i mean there definitely is a fair amount probably like i i would be surprised if prince daddy looked at their name in today's like in 2022 seeing how far they've come and yeah. thought like oh maybe we could have thought of something that you know more people would be open to right off the gate like right yeah. off the jump but uh i don't know i'm trying to think of like uh somebody that i've worked with that really hates their name and uh i feel like it's just the stuff that's just like hard to search that's yeah. that's the ones that like bands end up being like oh man I'd be having an easier time if I had uh, come up with something a little more unique to uh, a Google search. Uh
0: Something that is easy to spell. Like, um, I like the obsessives, but that's a lot of S's. (laughs) Yeah. There's a a lot in that one for sure. Um, Or um, like mom jeans, people will see my hat or I'll wear the shirt Uh and they'll be like, you know, like those were an actual style of pants. Like it's not Uh just a joke. And it's like, it's not what
1: (laughs) What what, what do you think I'm making? I'm sorry. (laughs) I I like the ones like that because there's a broader appeal to, uh, like people that are just like fan of the style of clothing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, (laughs) uh, like a mom, a mom could come up to a pop-up shop and see that I have a t-shirt that says mom jeans on it and be like, that's funny. Mm -hmm. And it's relevant to me for some reason. And I want it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a similar thing happen recently where we were doing these pop-up shops and a lot of people saw Oso Oso t-shirts and were like, do you know that this is Spanish? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, I need to have this. This is hilarious. Just because they spoke Spanish and they thought it was funny that we were selling shirts that had Spanish words on them or they'd be like, my dog's name is Oso. I need uh, to buy that. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's sweet. Yeah. Please buy it. Yes. <laughs> what
0: What is it in Spanish? I didn't know that.
1: Uh, it's bear.
0: Oh, Okay. Oh, that makes a. That makes so much more sense now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. There's a lot of bear branding. Uh,
1: I, done that, some stickers, some shirts, uh, and I, I'm sure that I think it's Jade's favorite animal. I can't remember for sure. I feel like he said that at make, one point, but
0: it, it would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, do you have any like huge accomplishments through the, like the one that um, really like sticks out to you.
1: Like Rather be from the, the
0: from, the, from the record label or like touring and things like that, things that you've done?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like just in, in my mind, I'm like super grateful and happy for like so many of the things that I've been able to accomplish just as like personal goals. Like I started the label because I dreamed of being able to play in a band and go on tour. And then like a few years into it, I got to play drums for Prince Daddy on a tour and that was like, right there i was like no matter what like i did what i set out to do like i have the memories of like 3 weeks on the road like getting to play in different different cities like in people's garages and in people's basements and like i was like that's all like i ever dreamed and so i feel like every accomplishment like since then which thankfully i feel like the labels had a bunch it just feels like bonus uh like just having amazing opportunities where I've gotten to play with so many bands that I respect and admire um just around the country in venues that I shouldn't have any I have no like uh reason to have access to playing some of the venues that I've gotten yeah. to play and and some of the festivals and stuff like that and so I just feel super grateful for every kind of opportunity like that
0: sweet yeah Uh, do you tour a lot like as a like a playing member because i um
1: since covid i've been uh i've played every show osos osos uh had since covid and so that's been probably the most steady work as a touring member um but before covid there was probably like six or seven different bands that i would play with um just when they needed somebody and so it was like Probably the same amount of touring, but it was a different style of like last minute someone's like our bass player can't make the tour or whatever and I just get a chance to fill in. Yeah, sweet.
0: Can you fill in on almost on anything? Like if they needed a guitar, would you be able to fill in on
1: guitar? I know you uh, I said don't drums so. and bass, but I, I don't think I could I could confidently fill in on drums or guitar for a band these days. Like the Prince Daddy tour was the only one I <clears throat> the only one I did on drums and It was because they were really in a pinch where like uh, their uh, original drummer was moving on from the band and their tour was in like a week. And I was like, I've already been practicing the songs. You don't know anyone else. It's me or you drop the tour. (laughs) And they're like, they're like, okay, fair enough. Um, But uh, I I wasn't invited back to play a second, (laughs) a second tour on drums, which uh, I I totally, uh, I was upset at the time, but I can respect now because I just have never put in the work to actually be on the level um, of skill that a lot of the drummers uh, in these bands are on. so Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Um, so do you want to, have you always been kind of listening to emo music throughout like the years, like when you were like in high school or middle school or whenever you yeah. started, was it always kind of yeah. like, a, like did you always kind of have this idea in your head or like wanting to tour? Like that seemed like a goal that you had. um i definitely
1: had like there uh, like around eighth grade was the awakening of like finding uh out that there's music beyond blink 182 and taking back sunday and stuff and being like that it was like i guess now this is not in the same tier as those but like a day to remember is like a massive band now but like when they first put out for those who have heart i was like it's like 2010 and i'm like holy shit or it might even be earlier than that 2008 or something and uh I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, there's active bands that make music that's so cool that, like, come to my city and play a 150 cap venue. Like, that's crazy. Like, not that I was thinking 150 cap venue, like, when I'm in ninth grade or whatever, but just, like, thinking, oh, a small, like, little venue uh, with, like, a band that just wrote an album. And it's not Blink-182 touring an album that's 15 years old. It's like, oh, like, this band's, like current upcoming and so that kind of launched me into the world of like local music and a day to remember was a great um example at the time because they were bringing out so many awesome bands like four Year strong a Lost for words transit like um just like all these like pop punk emo easy core like uh bands that are now classics in my mind yeah. um that i was being exposed to it like uh early high school, mid high school age. And so that kind of just like launched me into the obsession with the genre.
0: Yeah, I think that's so, it's funny to hear you talk about those bands. And then I, when I was getting into it, it was bands that were, you had signed or things like that. Mm -hmm. It's just funny to think about the, how it's like the same, it's the same thing almost where it's like,
1: wow. Yeah, it's just like the the crop
0: cap show with prince daddy and mom jeans that was like and then in my head it's like they're these crazy awesome big stars and then it's like you meet them and it's like oh yeah i'll smoke weed with you if you want and it's like yeah what the fuck yeah and like <laughs> you know? it's like, not, that, like
1: it's just crazy they've man. been yeah at the point that you're talking about like they're probably like been touring for four or five years and they're just getting to the point where a venue will pay them to play there and it's, yeah. like, a small venue, so, like, they're, even if they sell out the show at, like, uh, I don't even know, like, once ballroom or something, yeah. they're, like, not making that much money. Here's a hundred At that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it might be, it might be, like, a thousand yeah, or yeah. something, but, like, on a on a tour where you have, like, five people with you and all the expenses, like, that's really, like, breaking down to, like, 50 bucks a person <laughs> yeah. for the day or something, We so. can
0: go get some dinner and fill them <laughs> Fill yeah, the tank and let's um, get to the next one so we can yeah, eat and a, fill the tank again <laughs> yeah.
1: it's it's a vicious cycle but yeah. uh yeah that it is cool that that obviously it's not nearly on the same scale in my mind as like the data members and stuff mm-hmm. like that but the fact that there are people like you that feel like these bands were your entryway into a whole new like love of music is like I mean, that's the dream right there is to just like put together uh, or put artists like that on a a platform and help them get the uh, the reach to be able to give people that type of experience. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now I'm way too deep listening to bands. Yeah. And once you have listeners and it's like, fuck me, I can't even they're
1: never even going to play a show. Yeah. Like, like,
0: where am I supposed to? I have to go to Michigan again to go see these guys. I don't really want to drive all the way. I don't want to drive, like, eight hours to Michigan. to
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> you know? I, I feel like I've gotten to the uh, the opposite end, where now I'm looking for bands that are more like the million monthly listeners type, uh, and just, like, enjoying that end of the world uh, more so these days. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, at, at one point, it's going to be the bands I started listening to at sub-100,000, sub, like, 300,000. They're going to be at the million, and it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. to watch the... To go back and be like, oh fuck, this is at they're like just going up, and I'm always glad to see it. One
1: hundred percent. Yeah.
0: All right, so I need to get real serious here for a minute. Prince Daddy's Uh-oh. name. Oh thank I've God. I've done a lot of uh. Uh huh. Done a lot of digging. Talked to a lot of people. I can't mm-hmm. get. A, I can't get a straight answer. And mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I don't think you'll give me a straight answer either. I don't trust any of you people. Um, That's fair enough. But so do you? Okay. So do you know the origins? Can you at least tell me that? Do you know why the name was chosen? Um, has Has Corey been straight with you?
1: <laughs> it's hard to uh, say for sure. To even confirm one way or another okay. is. Uh, something that i don't feel like i can confidently do because That's i might fair. think that i know the origins but that but doesn't you, mean that i did yeah you, you wouldn't
0: okay a lot of people have brought it up and th- they t- the prince daddy tweeted that there's supposed to be a comma like,
1: yep the three right,
0: right here right between uh-huh. the prince and the daddy and since i've brought that up till i ask everybody what do you think it is you know it's a fun it's a fun question uh they have all said it, they think they have it. They think it has something to do with the lion King. I don't know how they drew those lines. Mm-hmm. Cause I would have never drew those lines, but, mm-hmm. and if you don't, uh, 100% know, then that helps me very little because, <laughs> you know, cause you can't yeah. confirm that, that, that might have something to do with it.
1: But well, I, I, I can pretty confidently say that I don't think it has anything to do with the lion King. I didn't think it did either. Um, <laughs> yeah. That seems uh, far fetched to me, but Yeah. I know that um like uh there's a lot of history with it dating back to um games that Corey and Lewis would play in grade school and stuff like that. So the wikipedia so I feel like
0: is is right. I thought that was bullshit too.
1: I mean I that think might that be. that's I the to... closest yeah. that's the closest we have to uh a confidence um like uh, a confident decision one way or another on what it yeah. could be.
0: Okay. Cause I'm I'm pretty okay with like someone telling me and then offing me
1: immediately. Mm-hmm. Just so I'd know. You know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe You'd a couple like more the... years,
0: but then then you could yeah. then tell I mean, me. You you like, should you should have some
1: time to uh to bask <laughs> in the knowledge afterwards yeah. too. Give me like a um, half hour.
0: You can lock yeah, me in a yeah. room.
1: I won't tell anybody. But you know but you can um, at least tell them that you know.
0: Yeah, like, hey, I figured it out, guys, and that's mm-hmm. the last tweet I've made for like eight years. No one's heard mm-hmm. of me, from me or anything. Um, all right, so I um, American football. How do you feel about American football? Anti. Oh my god! Thank you. You're the only person I've uh, I've talked to that uh, anti. Agree yeah. With me. Um,
1: mu- music's mid and uh and i'm just not interested in uh in the band in whatsoever yeah i uh yeah.
0: everyone i mean you can't i've i always bring up like if you say it on reddit you'd get crucified and burned mm-hmm. um because that it's a that's a horrible subreddit to even like see on the timeline but uh there's a they have a they have a uh v album i don't know what it's called i don't i care so little but it's got you know never meant on it the picture of the house Mm -hmm. um i think it's self-titled yeah yeah, i I think so i think so i don't know maybe Maybe. i I, I I I really i really don't know um but they have it at the record store i go to Mm -hmm. and uh it's been there since they've opened because i'm the only person that'll buy emo records in new hampshire i guess but Mm -hmm. um i i tell the i tell them like if you ever see me bring that up here, like, don't let me buy it. Don't let me do it. Don't let me. Because something's it. gone horribly yeah, wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. if I'm Bringing this up there. So, what do you think about like the like, MCR, Jimmy Eat World, Fall Out Boy sort of era of uh of like that
1: weird two thousands um,
0: like arc that happened. Uh huh.
1: I'd say lightly interested. Like, never really listened to MCR. Yeah. Uh, I like Fall Out Boy in passing, but um. I mean, nothing they've done in the last like 15 years. Uh, and then um, Jimmy World, I really like Futures, but um, just one of those bands that I just kind of grow a little tired of the sound yeah, yeah. and can't really do like more than one album. Yeah. I... I'm really out of myself as like a, a hate, not a hater, but just like not uh, a lover of a lot of the classics. That uh, I, people probably hold near and dear. So I don't even don't consider it. Bread. I
0: don't. I don't even think about it at all. I like. You mm-hmm. know, you hear. You hear it on the radio and things like that. But then it's like, well, I don't really want to listen to this because there's better stuff to go listen to. Yeah, you know, I mean, just there's just not... stuff
1: I'm more interested in. Yeah. Than, there's only so many albums like that that you can go back and listen to. Like. 15 years later and like really like like for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I kind of cap out on like finding an album from a band that was cool like in the 15 2000s. years ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> early 2000s. It's hard to uh to like that stuff again mm-hmm. that time period. Um so all right, I'm going to I got a few I got a few things here that are that I've heard through the through the grapevine of things. Um, so the CTS, the first tour for CTS, I was at that show at the Sinclair, and it was mm-hmm. fucked up. It was a fucked up mm-hmm. show. It was fun. Um, and uh, I've I had heard that Prince Daddy isn't allowed back to it, and then I heard to the Sinclair, and then I heard that they are allowed back. It just, it was like miscommunication between everything that was happening and that you had sent Corey a text at one point
1: saying, I hope it was worth it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is uh
1: this is sort of a, an amalgamation of multiple incidents uh, <laughs> coming into fruition at once. Um, so they are, to my knowledge, they are allowed to play the Sinclair. I think the issue there was that the show had sold pretty well beforehand and The Sinclair staffed it accordingly, and then the day of the show, 200 kids bought tickets at the door, and it sold out, and they thought they staffed it for a show that was going to be half full. Yeah. So that, like, the slight under... Like, everyone at the Sinclair is awesome, but then just the stress of, like, a slight understaffing with prince daddy being like everybody stage dive yeah (laughs) and there's like an assembly line of kids stage diving and like kids are getting hurt and the venue has to like call an ambulance but like kids are having fun and they're tweeting like or they're dming prince daddy like i stage dove and i like hurt my head and i had to go to the hospital but it was the best night of my (laughs) life and we're just like oh my god like what what the hell is going on we'd never been in a position like that before of like it was our their first like headline show of their breakout tour and uh and so it was just like a stressful night like the venue's telling me like you got to stop the stage diving and i'm like going up to Corey. well he's on stage in between songs like yo they might not let us back if you keep the stage diving going and he's like well i'm not gonna tell people not to have fun like i don't know i'm this is the, what i've always dreamed of is playing yeah. a show like this um and so that was uh that was that, but the, uh, the, was it worth it was, uh, was, um, a, di- a different tour where, uh, oh, okay. they had, yeah, they had decided to delay the start of their set as the opening band because, and I was a part of this decision where we decided to delay their start of the set an extra 15 minutes after they were supposed to start because there was still a line of Um, they didn't want to, um, start the set yet. Cause there was like 40 kids in the venue and 200 waiting to get outside. And we were going outside and kids were like, please don't start. Please don't start. We need to get in. But the, it was just like,
0: was it an outside
1: this... venue or were it, kids trying to get no, in? It an, they were trying to get okay, into the venue in. and it okay. was just like, uh, it was a bad situation cause there was two shows that day. Like it was like an early show and a late show. And this was the late show. And so there wasn't enough time in between the shows to like clear the venue out and then get all the next set of people in or something. It was something weird like that. And like, we uh, couldn't find the headliner. And so we decided on our own to push our start time back 15 minutes. And then when we did find the headliner, they were really upset because it's not our decision to make. And, uh, and so I, um, we ended up just getting in an argument about it. And I, 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 I questioned, was it worth it? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it, it wasn't received very well because I was a part of the decision of pushing it back and then yeah. sort of passing the blame on to everyone else. Sweet. Well, not just sweet, a lesson learned, yeah, a lesson yeah. learned in a, it was, you know, one of my first, it was probably my first time as like a tour manager cause it was their, their first venue tour. Um, yeah. And so it was a, a lesson learned for all involved, mostly mm-hmm.
0: me. <laughs> and you manage most of the, well, I would I don't want to say most cause I have no clue. I know you manage Prince Daddy. Do you manage anyone else or do you kind um, of pick and choose who you'd like kind of want to, if you're into it sort of deal?
1: It, it's just really time consuming, um, to, to manage. And so I only manage Prince Daddy and Oso Oso for bands. And then, um, This producer, Jordan Crimston, I started working with trying to uh, uh, find more up and coming bands to record with him um, and stuff like that. And yeah, there's there's been other bands that I've really wanted to manage, but it's just like already Prince Daddy and Oso are busy enough where managing them is almost as much work as like doing the counterintuitive stuff. So it's just like I've already doubled my workload and I want to have less work not more work at (laughs) this point so um yeah yeah I kind of really am very very selective if um if any opportunities come that way yeah
0: has the team grown like the counterintuitive team like the people that work under you or with you Mm -hmm. you know I I was just listening to a podcast before this where you had mentioned like I don't know five or six names is that blossom to like 12 names in the last two years um
1: no it's pretty close to the same uh since like within the first year or two years um i started working with jill who does all my graphic design and so they've been on the team for at least yeah like five five years now um and then like yeah so there's jill my um buddy dan is like the label manager so he's here in Boston with me and will handle like uh, all of the, the backend stuff, like uploading albums to our distributor and making sure the vinyls going to the places it needs to go, all the different web stores and uh, the retail and stuff like that. So he handles like all the behind the scenes of like keeping the operation moving. Um, and then we have Dexter in the UK who does label man. He's the label manager for our UK side of things um, just to try to help, grow the business over there and then uh alex martin's doing press for us um that's been probably three or four years um and then there's just like freelance employees like i have henderson who does my uh contracts and then sometimes we hire out jamie coletta to do press uh she's got a great company no earbuds that does press for a bunch of bands um really hope i'm not forgetting anybody right now it's just it's hard to rack (laughs) the brain for but yeah um and then sana was on the team for a while doing mail order until we got a warehouse um over covid and uh she moved across the country so yeah it's probably like six people or something like that
0: where were you keeping all the so you guys you you know you obviously make the records and things like that do you how do you Mm -hmm. press them how do you like Create them? do you send them out somewhere and then you get them back or
1: yeah we basically send the masters and the artwork to um what's essentially a middleman uh who then finds the different pressing plants that have availability for us because especially right now it's like the typical plant I use if I sent them an album today it's August right now if I send them an album today they'd be like we can get this to you in February yeah and so um the the middleman we use basically will has relationships with most plant, pressing plants that are available and will find the earliest slots where we can get our records submitted and then printed um and so we don't really have have to do anything except send them the assets to make it and then tell them where to send it when they're done
0: yeah sweet um are you a big vinyl guy do you just do you kind of or Well, before you get into that, I mean, there's so many different variants that come out on records now, because it's got the clear ones, and the splatter, and the split colors, or the Mm tricolor or whatever the fuck, and, Mm -hmm. uh, do you, when you, like, produce those for someone, do you keep one of each for yourself, or do you, yeah, I
1: have, I have one of every variant, one of every test press, uh, just a a, a complete counterintuitive collection, Yeah. um, and I'm just like a big collector in general. Uh, vinyl is definitely a main thing, but I just love collecting. Like I collect like Oso Oso merch and uh, DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff like that, and video games and just like anything that uh, that
0: can be collected. In. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything
1: can, can I'm be. interested in. There's any sort of media that I that I enjoy. Yeah. I I like to like be able to look at like oh that's. I can just put my entire personality on a wall and yeah. stare at it and be like, Oh wow. I'm so cultured. Yeah. I love so many switch games.
0: <laughs> just a stack of the boxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, sweet. So do you, so I personally hate Spotify. So I do mm-hmm. anything I can like, but like how else am I going to listen to music in my car? Mm-hmm. Cause I don't have a CD player. So they don't come with CD players anymore. And I don't remember the last time I, my first car had a tape deck in it, but mm-hmm. there's no, you know, um, you can't do that now. Um, so I'm always, you know, going and buying, you know, anything I can to help out mostly concert tickets for concerts that I don't end up going to. Mm-hmm. So, um, that is
1: honestly, you're doing God's work there because, <laughs> uh, the ticket sales are definitely a huge for bands. So yeah.
0: Is it a big, um, I never, like, what percentage do they usually pull from a ticket sale?
1: Um, for, I would say... For, like, like if it, they went
0: to, like, uh, the House of Blues, like, that sort of, like, they're at concert halls and not really clubs.
1: Um, House of Blues is, like, upper tier for, like, the bands that yep. I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would be something where, if you were headlining the House of Blues, you're probably getting a five-figure check up front to play it, and mm-hmm. then depending on how well it sells you have the option to make more. Yeah. So, anytime you sell out a show on that scale, the contract is going to be built out where you're receiving x amount of the profit from ticket sales 1800 through 2500. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's basically like you're going to get this amount to play and then once we hit eighteen hundred tickets, you'll start getting seventy percent of every ticket sold after that, or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, that makes sense.
0: And does so? I know Mom Jeans played it. They were gonna play upstairs at the Palladium in Boston, and they got upgraded. Does that change anything?
1: Uh, they, it definitely does. But I, I think that everyone knew it was gonna get upgraded before they even put it on sale, mm-hmm. and that. They just needed to make sure, um, basically, because they would that be room using the main that's like a two hundred and fifty cap room or something. And yeah. so it was like I think that they didn't have any record of headline ticket sales in Boston at that point. And so it's hard to go to a venue and be like, we can sell out a twenty five hundred cap venue. Mm-hmm. And then be like, you don't even have any numbers to show us. And yeah. so they're like, okay, well put it on sale in the small room and it'll sell out in five seconds. And then you'll be like, okay, yeah, this is yeah, probably a good idea to put in the big room. The... Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I bought to, I, I got tickets in time for the, uh, the small room
1: and I was all excited for mm-hmm. the small room.
0: Cause I saw yeah, that. Um, that's the part about that it's tough.
1: Cause it would be awesome to see a band that is yeah. playing in the huge theaters, like in a room like that. But, um, It's just like a part of the biz. Yeah.
0: I wanted the experience I had in Rhode Island, but I know that'll never happen again, I think, with Mom Jeans or Prince Daddy, really. I don't think I'll Uh, see that.
1: I I think you'd be surprised because I think they're both the type that really do it for the love of the game, first and foremost. And so even though they'll be like, you know, Mom Jeans is headlining House of Blues Mm -hmm. um, on this tour that they're going to be, that they'll probably be on when this comes out. um, But. I think that they're the type of band where if you were like, Hey, it's like the 10 year anniversary of best buds or something. Okay. Well, they'll probably be doing a tour for that, but maybe like we do a secret after show or something like a 200 cap venue. Um, I think they're the type that are just down to do insane stuff like that. So
0: that shit was wild seeing them like face to face. That's weird when you're like, you're used to seeing someone on a stage or like you, that's how you Mm -hmm. think about a concert. And then you're like eye to eye high level yeah yeah you know it's just a funny it's a funny feeling and then it's also like when they play at um like a skate shop how do you stay like the pit and everything what's stopping (laughs) what's stopping someone from falling on you there's nothing nothing (laughs) stopping Uh, the the uh, big guys up front yeah the
1: sheer force of will of uh dedicated fans that want the show to go on that's the only thing that's stopping anything there yeah
0: um, so you brought, when a band goes on tour, I know you, you'll go to the Boston ones usually cause you're mm-hmm. in Boston. Um, do you ever go with them as like
1: being there for the tour? If you have the time, you know, no. no, these days I don't really have any interest in that just because I already am splitting my time between like touring, like with Oso usually three or four months a year. And that's like already pushing the limit of how long I'd want to be away from home. Mm-hmm. And so when I am home, it's for like two or three months. And the last thing I really want to do is like do a week of a tour or yeah. something like that. And like uh, I'm also at the point where I just get a lot more satisfaction out of playing on the tour instead of going as like um, anybody on the crew yeah. or even just in the audience. And so I uh, it's almost my nightmare to uh, have to do something <laughs> like that you. these days,
0: <laughs> not be home at all ever. Yeah. I get. That. Yeah. Um. So you were were you on the whole tour with Oso Oso with the front bottoms? Were you, Were you mm-hmm. on the whole thing? Yeah, that was yeah.
1: that was the first tour that uh, that I did with them.
0: Yeah. How was that? With like it how was, was uh, everyone
1: was it insane? It was uh, an experience that I'll like perish for the rest of my life. Like yeah. I went from you know having awesome experiences playing in a ton of cool bands in cool clubs to getting to do my first tour in my favorite band, playing in my favorite band in the biggest venues around the country. And I had known, um, multiple people in the front bottoms from the DIY bands they were in prior. And so they just had like such an amazing team that we were all just so fun to be on tour with. And then the opener, Sydney Sprague ended up becoming some great friends of ours. And, uh, So it was, like, every experience of tour that was cool uh, all in one of, like, making great friends, being treated amazing by the headliner. Every show is sold out in, like, 3,000 cap venues that, like, I didn't even know existed because I don't see shows in venues like that usually. And I'm getting to play them. And they're, like, historic theaters where in the green rooms it's, like, the Grateful Dead played here and Bob Dylan played here. And I'm just like, why am I here? Like, I don't deserve to be here, but I just like lucked into the position where we just like got this offer to do this. And I was just the guy that it was lined up to play bass for the five shows we had planned at that point. And then that tour comes around and, and it just like made sense for me to be on that. And so it was like, it was truly unreal. And it was a a total grind because it was like we had a a 10-day tour planned before it started where we were doing some headline shows and then Mm -hmm. Pitchfork Festival. And then the tour started two days after Pitchfork Festival. So it was like 10 days on our own, drive back from Chicago to, uh, it started in like Connecticut or something, and then like five or six weeks with the Front Bottoms. And so it was like almost two months straight. And um It was a total grind, a ton of really difficult drives, because when you're a band like the Front Bottoms, you're in a tour bus, and when you're creating the route for the tour, you're thinking, all that matters is that I can get there on the tour bus, and the tour bus drives overnight, and we are in a van, and we don't drive overnight, and so it's really difficult drives a lot of the time, but Mm -hmm. it was uh, one of the best experiences of my entire life, for sure.
0: I almost bought tickets to the Headline that you guys were doing but then i'm gonna see in boston yeah i'm gonna see them in Mm -hmm. boston like Uh, five days later um, like it was like some weird like time frame between the two so i was like fuck i'll just go to the front and see that yeah it makes sense they're my all-time favorite and they packed us in the fucking palladium like sardines you could oh yeah before the show even started you were like your chest was up against the barricade makes it hard that, to that,
1: it's one of those bands where nobody that's going to that show wants to be sitting on the upper deck and oh. and so like everyone's trying to get down on the floor and yeah. everyone wants to get up to the barricade and so it's just like you can have like six or seven hundred people on the floor there but when there's 1800 people trying to get down there it's like yeah. a, it's a hazard
0: i was there at i think 10 a.m for that. Shine. Wow. Yeah. damn. I'm a. Fucking... I remember,
1: uh, I remember seeing you there. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Um, I'm always there early so I can, so I can meet people cause I'm uh-huh. big on just taking a photo, you know, I never get anything signed Absolutely, yeah. cause like, where am I going to put it? Or like, mm-hmm. if like someone signed this shirt, like I'll never wear it again. I'd rather, mm-hmm. I'd rather wear it, you know? So yeah, you um, got to start buying too. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, again. fuck. you know, um, also like, like, Buying vinyl at a show too risky. I yeah, can't do I, it.
1: I'm not. A, I'm too uh, like, scared. I, I'm glad people do it, but I'm not a big fan of like people buy the records and then they end up in the pit and they're like holding the record above their head and I'm just like, or you could have just waited. Uh, yeah, yeah, until the until out. the end.
0: But like you want it right then, you know. Um, yeah. I saw people put them in the front of the barricade at uh, paradise mm-hmm. at the last the last Prince Daddy show that was there, and. I mean, people are crowd surfing and someone landed on it. thing was, yeah, no, in half. That, that's it's good like, thinking you know,
1: until like, uh, somebody on the staff has to step up on that, on the, the little, on the, the little thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. Could definitely risky game out there, but oh, yeah. it sounds like, you know, somebody probably just has to buy a second record, get that second sale. I, I don't hate <laughs> that, so.
0: Yeah. Um. But I never I, – I try to stay away. I won't even buy tapes anymore because I'll put them in my pocket and then I'll get mm-hmm. smashed up against the barricade and it. Oh, tape's broken. Yeah, I have a it. puppy love one that's missing the bottom of it.
1: Oh, really? I, yeah. Well, the good, the like, good part about those at least is like all those cases are just like – you can go down to any thrift store and uh, yeah. they've got – you can just replace any case from there. Yeah. Um, oh, the tape I, itself the is boat. missing the bottom.
0: Oh. oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, fun. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's fucking – beat up that's tough um, it's still sitting on my on my shelf though because it, it still looks okay just missing a couple of pieces um but oh, where was i i was going something with oh when yeah i met you at the um the front bottom. bottom show yeah but i um and the last time i saw you was at that last show at the paradise i saw Mac. you right outside oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um the prince Patty yeah with Max and everything. Um, but before all that, I am 100% sure. I bought a shirt, and I'm pretty sure you sold it. You were in like a
1: uh, storage uh, container. Yeah, a yeah, yellows, yeah. Summer, that was a sweet uh, show. I had just gotten yeah.
0: my tattoo done, and I still um, went in the pit. So it went from being swelled up to being extremely swelled up. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm 100% certain... I was eating one of those vegan burgers right next to you, but I uh-huh. wasn't sure it was you, so I didn't say anything. Because I was like, uh, fuck, "Well, I, well, if it's I remember
1: not... you mentioning that at uh, I think it was at the Prince Daddy show, yeah. and then I have been like, when we were going to do this, I was like, pretty sure you were eating a burger next to me at that, uh, <laughs> at that show. Just, I remember. I think you implanted the memory into my yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I did. I can't remember, but I wasn't going to be like, like, I don't like when I see counterintuitive stuff it's mm. the other bands. it's not you mm-hmm. your face somewhere but i'd seen your face before and i was like i don't know i don't want to be like hey are you so-and-so and then they'll be like what the fuck are you talking about yeah, <laughs> you know who the hell is I mean? that <laughs> but and then when i saw you walking by i was like okay i just gotta know now or not because like, yeah yeah whatever um but but yeah i was front in the line for that fucking front bottom show and that was a that's dedication was a i can't do that yeah i can't do um, stuff like that i was tired I though, but i gotta to drive to boston to see all these shows from new hampshire it's like an hour and a half yeah that's I need, that's a lot i need someone to come with me because i'll fall asleep like i nod mm-hmm. off especially after oh you're dead you don't even yeah. like no and like driving that route to get there that early it's like
1: oh you're so yeah, fu- that's, like that's a long fucking day
0: you sit there and like you see the van out front, but they're not like unloading anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're that early. And like, and you're oh, like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, no. Brian will walk by because he'll need to get a coffee or something. And like, mm-hmm. I finally did it. I finally met him after going to see him so
1: many times. So, oh, nice. I would have been okay if I, I
0: crashed I... my car on the way there. On the way <laughs> <Yeah>. home. So. <laughs>
1: I, hit yeah, my goal. I, I thought he got his coffee delivered by like plane i didn't think he was he was mingling out in the public <laughs> anymore but he, uh, he walked. Uh, i guess by. i just i wasn't getting there early enough to find out <laughs> yeah so
0: when you know they obviously sleep on the tour bus so you guys are stopping at hotels and then waking up and fucking like all right we gotta get mm-hmm. there
1: yeah thankfully we had like probably four drivers that we're putting in work on that tour. And so it was a pretty constant, like there was a lot of days where it was like the show ends. We have to be at the show ends by like midnight next day. We have to be at the venue by like three and we've got a nine hour drive or something. And so it's like, all right, let's do three hours after the show, get to some hotel at 3am, be miserable and then wake up at eight mm-hmm. 30 out the door by nine to uh, get there and uh so there's a lot of stuff like that but when you're breaking it down into three hour four hour shifts and you've got four people then it's kind of like you get your shift out of the way and you can sleep the rest of the time or you can sleep for the first three four hours and then hop in and yeah. uh you, you get into a system where it's not fun but you it's you're at, sleeping least, uh, at least at
0: least you're getting yeah. some rest, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: and it's just like uh,
1: the camaraderie uh, of uh, shared misery mm-hmm. um, is, especially when it's not anyone's fault. It's just like what you all signed up for, and you're just sharing the misery together. I feel like is uh, really bonding material. Yeah, so
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's. I think I think about that sometimes. Or you know, you see the stories on Instagram and shit, and it's like, fuck, oh, tire popped. We're on the side of mm-hmm. the road while, you know, like, yeah, we got lucky on that
1: because we did that two month run happens. bottom store and didn't have a single issue um, the entire time. And that was like in the heat of like everyone was getting their van stolen or their trailer stolen. And we had like a van and a trailer and like didn't. Oh, I guess we actually had a window smashed, but didn't get anything stolen and uh, didn't break down or anything like that. So all things considered, it was pretty good.
0: Yeah. You see stuff where it's like all their stuff gets stolen or they have yeah. to cancel something. Cause I, it's like, yeah, well, we had to tow the van and it needs the transmission fixed. And then yeah, the, yeah, it's gonna be there days goes all your stuff and it's going to take a few days to actually fix. Yeah. Cause I mean, like
1: I've been on both of those, uh, those ends of the world multiple times. And so I've at least had those experiences and the trauma associated with, uh, getting everything stolen. But, uh, I hope it never happens again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's all, I, you see it all the time and it's just awful. And I'm just like, oh, I wish I could fucking, I've had, I've had these like ideas of like building some sort of fund so you can at least send, you know, they put up these things and it's like, here's mm-hmm. like, cause I always feel so bad and it's like, what did they can't like, what are you supposed to do in that situation too? You
1: know? Yeah. And it's tough because like, uh, like when I was on this cosmic thrill seekers tour, prince daddy and retirement party got robbed when we were in mexico and uh we lost so so much stuff and it was awful and then we like put it out online and we're like if you could send anything to paypal like it'd be huge like we're fucked right now and we got like what was essentially enough money to replace everything that we got that was stolen so it was like a combination of utter heartbreak and then like insane like just like can't believe people care enough to like support us like this but then also it's like the money doesn't replace the uh emotional value of like yeah, your own stuff so it's like i got i, I got like. a new base that's irrelevant to me and it's like it's like oh this is the new base i got because the first base i ever bought got stolen like yeah. um it's just like it it's awesome that like always be great, like, in, infinitely grateful for the people that sent us, like, the amazing messages and, like, sent some of their money just to be like, please keep doing what you're doing, like, we love your music, Um but then, like, it's like, oh, well, we still have that, lost yeah, all our that, stuff, that and that uh, uh,
0: seems like the hardest thing, because it's, like, even down to, like, I don't know, like, a pedal, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, you've always had that pedal.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can just like, have a, emotional value yeah. on a lot of things, especially like when that's when I stopped bringing my favorite clothes on tour. When I lost like my seven favorite t-shirts or something and was just like I'm never bringing a shirt I like on tour yeah, again. This I'd, be fucking so, sucks. I'd
0: be so scared to even bring, you know, bring anything. Like just cuz you don't know what <laughs> what dudes out there smashing windows and looking for whatever, you know. Mm. So you don't you don't know you don't know what's gonna, gonna uh happen um all right so you know i'm i'm doing some i'm looking at your website and stuff and um i found a typo i just thought i'd let you know oh yeah yeah i I don't know who runs it or anything but uh it's not it's under the demo section and instead Uh of saying four it says tour it's got a t i thought that was kind of funny Demos. Is so, it, um, we, oh,
1: oh, yeah. yeah, yeah
0: you yeah. know, you, yeah, yeah, uh, like Unlike contact us. Yeah, 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 under oh, demos. I, I wrote that, that was... page.
1: <laughs> God damn it!
0: <laughs> I saw that and I was like, I gotta write that down. That'd be too bad for half. Um, it, it, that stuff me. stuff like that catches my eye because I used to do like um site building stuff through WordPress, and then people would QC it and if like i ever misspelled something the like smallest amount i'd get my ass chewed out for like 15 mm-hmm. minutes so i'm like
1: i got to get this right
0: yeah so like when i see that shit it just sticks out to me but i just thought that was kind of that was kind of funny um all right oh, yeah. before Let's we uh okay i got a couple more things here um so do you have any like favorite shows you've been to played in any pit stories? I mean, I've heard some fucked up shit about pits doing this. Um, but.
1: W- when, when you say pit stories, one of the first things that comes to mind is uh, I was at uh, the Wonder Years. We're doing a upsides holiday show in Rhode Island at uh, shit. I can't remember the fucking venue, but they were doing like these. It was like a 200 cap club um, might have been called Club Hell. Uh, or something like that but um, I, I was probably like was probably like 2011, 2012 and it was like Vera, A Loss for Words somebody else in the Wonder Years and during the Wonder Years set this was like the heat of my like crowd surfing and finger pointing era yeah. I, <laughs> I uh, my keys fell out of my pocket while I was crowd surfing and then I see the drummer of Vera standing on stage, like in the middle of the Wonder Your song, holding keys. And I like feel my pocket, and they're gone. And I'm like, "No way, those are my keys." I just like was crowd surfing and got on stage. Like I must have dropped them yeah. when I fell on stage. And so I crowd surfed back up and got the keys, <laughs> like well crowd surfing. And I was like, "That this is epic.
0: This, this is, is sick. Epic. This is crazy." Yeah, that's so funny. Um, I used to lose my glasses all the time. And that's because uh, that's not, hard to
1: find when when you lose them because you so can't
0: see the fu- the fucked up thing like all the shows I've been to I really only go to shows in Boston so mm-hmm. that scene particular the pit etiquette is insane like everyone's so like good about it when something happens mm-hmm. there um, but I would they'd fall they weren't these ones but they'd fall and I'd lose the arm to it too because they were glued together. Um, mm-hmm. And I never lost. I've lost shoes. I've lost my shoes and stuff. Like everyone leaves, my shoes are they're gone. I just don't have a, mm-hmm. a shoe, right? But I'd always find the arm, and the glasses. I never lost the two. Wow, it, that's it, that's insane. It was it's nuts, but you know. But I have lost a T-shirt as well. At I lost two things at that Prince Daddy show, and I'm pretty sure one of the someone on the crew of one of the bands took that Starbucks hat. Um, oh, it, I
1: hilarious. think I
0: saw it up there, and then it disappeared. <laughs> but all right, um, sweet, yeah. Uh, I need to set up this game really quick. So, do you want to tell me the ingenious idea you had about looping CTS?
1: Um, yeah, that was one of my first uh, times in the studio, um, and I really wanted to uh just be involved in any way I could and I it wasn't going to be playing anything um and I might have even been I think it was when they were actually recording the record but I was also there when they were recording the demos with their drummer Daniel um at his college and it might have been then but I think it was in the studio and they were just trying to figure out how to end the record and uh and I was just like oh what if you just added in the strums from the beginning so it was like a loop and uh i think they're the type of band that doesn't care where a good idea comes from if it's anyone in the room has one and that was one of probably 20 i threw out and the one where they were like okay this is actually a good idea
0: (laughs) sweet um and you did vocals on gami gang for something didn't you
1: um yeah i did uh so I did some vocals on Cosmic Thrill Seekers. Also, there's a um, there's a falsetto part in. Uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name. Um, there's a falsetto part in one of the songs that well, a bunch of us did like gang vocals on doing mm-hmm. the falsetto voice. It's in a uh, I think in Dream Nails. Okay. And um, and so I got a credit on that, and then I did gang vocals for like six or seven songs on gami gang and then had the uh i had a line on that also oh, um, which... where i say mother, uh, i say motherfucking gami gang in, oh uh, at the yeah yeah okay yeah at the yeah track, i think um yeah and then uh most my most recent claim to fame is uh i left my friend neil a drunk voicemail trying to get him to come out to the bar um and he included it on uh he's in a band called phony and he included yeah. it in his new album
0: that's sweet um how do you like everyone seems to use like a, a sample from somewhere mm-hmm. um do you enjoy songs that that use those do you think it adds to it do you um, think it's like a I, like a good way to you know what i mean depending on what it is
1: i think it 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 has to be tasteful but like yeah. I think of like Edward 40 hands and that's made by the sample. Like that's yeah. such a huge, like part of that song. And then uh, I think of like on Gami gang, there's like eight samples or something, there's but something. each one's like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. They're like two seconds and they're perfect. Like uh segues and like, they just fit in really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there aren't many that I don't like, like, um, I can't think of any, like another great examples uh, in black mold on the new Prince daddy album. There's like a voicemail that's spliced up and I think it just like adds to the track really well. Yeah.
0: That was the only song that I didn't know the words to at the, uh, at that show. Yeah. Just, that one you got to practice. And if, it's you, like, if you, if uh, you want I to get that one know. down,
1: <laughs> you got to practice.
0: And he pointed the mic right at me and I, spaced on some words and i felt like a dumbass that'll happen i was like oh no i don't know (laughs) yeah but i mean no one can hear it really when someone does that at the at the show yeah okay that's fine yeah
1: and it's just so loud that you can just mouth the mouth anything and it'll look like you're saying anything no noise has to come out yeah
0: that so that the performance at that show how they performed all that stuff was fucking that was probably the best show i've ever seen it was fucking insane at the paradise at paradise yeah yeah that that ended the ender with um with uh meds was was crazy it was nuts that was definitely a special show screaming um and it's the second show i've seen where they don't do an encore because it's too late
1: (laughs) Oh yeah? yeah, that's cool.
0: The, the Sinclair, he well, they didn't have anything left to play at the Sinclair, uh-huh. <laughs> but
1: um Damn, that is that is cool. All
0: right. So, I have a game here. It's um band versus band and it's you can do it like in a fight or you can do it like in um, uh, music music taste wise. But you just got to tell me who you'd prefer what, rather prefer or who okay. would going to fight you know you you pick got who you it. want to do this all right okay there's probably going to be some bias here also mm-hmm. um the hotelier uh versus microwave
1: the hotelier and four that's easy there's a clean sweep right there no offense <laughs> microwave um I'm, I'm sure microwave's got some great stuff but uh <laughs> I'm I'm not familiar with it and it's going to be hard to, to catch up with so, the hotel yeah, years quality. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, a lot. Of, so they have an al They have an album with a house on it. Charmer has an album with a house on it. American football has an album with a house on it. Have you ever seen any mm-hmm. of those houses
1: have you ever gone and been like, um, Oh wow. Look. At yeah. This. I actually, uh, when I, um, when I, I convinced uh, Christian to let he's the singer of the year, I convinced him to let me do their mail order when they parted ways with Tiny Engines mm-hmm. because he was starting up uh, a new label, but he was still getting it off the ground. And I was like, listen, like, I love I love the band. Like, this would be a huge project for me. I'm local. Like, uh, let me like do the Hotelier's mail order. Let me help you keep this like do the things that Tiny Engines was doing for you um and uh and so he was down and so i when i went to pick up all the merch from his house i think he knew that like i was a fan and was kind of like do you want like the hotelier tour and was like kind of showing me stuff around oh, his parents is that house his... of, like, oh
0: it's his parents house okay well
1: well or... it's not his parents house but he was showing me like cool hotelier artifacts that his parents oh, okay, saved okay. and then we were going out to get food and he was like, we want to stop at the home house before we get food. Cause it's like 10 minutes from uh, his parents. And uh, I guess it was just like a house in their neighborhood that was like, I don't remember if one of the members lived there at the time or something, but um, a cool bit of lore on the house is that they actually painted the album name on the house but the photos didn't come out well and they had to take it off the house. So they ended up editing it on, I think they Photoshopped it yeah. for the final album, but they actually did it. It just didn't look good. That's
0: that's so funny that it was like that. Like, I mean, yeah. they did it. So like it counts, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they painted if, uh, it on
1: I don't know where it is, but I, if you dig on my Instagram, probably there's a photo of me and Christian at the uh, hotel, at your house. And that, that was really cool. Yeah.
0: That's funny. Um, all right. This one's definitely off-genre, but it's funny to me. Uh, Papa Mm -hmm. Roach versus uh, Breaking Benjamin.
1: Damn, that's actually tough because I feel like each one has a couple tracks that I, like, uh, non-ironically get down with. Um, And I feel like I gotta go with Breaking Benjamin just because Diary of Jane goes way harder than anything that, like, that Papa Roach has done, which I... And I, I've seen both bands live. <laughs> and uh I I think I gotta go break Benjamin.
0: anyway. Um Papa Roach had been has been on this list for a long time. So if you've killed Oh really you've killed the longest running. The longest oh, like running one. Most
1: people would take Papa Roach. Everyone took so so meme, meme factor. Papa Roach meme wise, it, it makes more sense. Yeah.
0: They beat Shinedown, Seether, um, Hubastank and Drowning Pool, and Finger Eleven. But Finger Eleven's
1: a gimme. Damn, honestly, Paralyzer by Finger Eleven might go harder than any Papa Roach song. Devour by Shinedown easily goes harder than any Papa Roach song, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? You, you would have killed Papa
0: Roach much sooner than everyone else.
1: Um, I think I would have, yeah.
0: Charmer versus Sports
1: that's a that's a pretty good one i think i'm going sports uh i do have some bias there they are Mm -hmm. um they're they're friends and we release music from them and but demon days was just so good um and i haven't really given charmer a fair shot like i don't know if i've ever listened to a record front to back but i've definitely listened to some tracks um but demon days was like a top album of the year for me when it when it came out and so um i got a lot of nostalgia for sports sweet um i've
0: so you know the band i'm glad it's you
1: Mm -hmm. i love that band
0: i it's pretty much charmer (laughs) and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but it's like the same sound. I'm glad it's
1: you. Char- yeah. yeah. I get confused. I, mean, I don't know if I agree with that. Have you listened to I'm glad it's You's new record. Not the new uh, one. Every, every sun and every moon. Cause uh, I've, I've listened to at least a handful of charmer songs and I feel like they have like a, a, a lot of like twinkle leads and stuff like that. And maybe I'm off base with like how their newer material sounds, but I think I'm glad it's see was going a little more indie rock with their new stuff. Okay. And that that was a uh, that was my in the top three album of the year for me. Yeah, um, then
0: you would have knocked Charmer out sooner too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going, going glad to, glad to versus Charmer
1: there. I would I would be taking I'm Glad you over a lot of people. Um, I get like
0: I get confused when their songs come on, but I don't think I've heard any of their new mm-hmm. stuff. I always have to check. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah yeah I feel like it could be one of those like maybe the singers have similar voices or something and it's like oh like, shit I, which one is it again that's what that I like correlate to too. my
0: my stuff to like that's how my head works I guess when mm-hmm. it's like listening to the voice that's a huge part for me is like how the singer's voice sounds but sweet okay Max versus worst party ever I'm sure there's bias here again
1: yeah there definitely <laughs> is and uh and I feel bad because a lot of like all these so far have been ones where I'm like, I know every song from the band's discography versus yeah. uh, like a band that I'm not as familiar with. And so like, yeah, it would definitely be Max seal for me. Um, Cause they just, uh, yeah, they're right up my alley and some of my, my close friends.
0: I get it. I get it.
1: Um,
0: Jimmy eat world versus saves the day.
1: That's tough because Save the Day is bad now, right? But musically, I, I feel like I'm going Saves the Day because they've got two records that I really like a lot. Um, and I, I feel like I'm an outlier on them where I think Can't Slow Down is my favorite record by them. And I feel like that one kind of gets overlooked a lot. Um, but yeah, I think I'd I listen to more of their music in my lifetime than or World's. Yeah, yeah.
0: I will. I only really listen to "Bleed American" by Jimmy Urbe. Okay. Not the record, just the song. Just the song. And I end nice. up listening to the cover by Hot Mulligan more than the one. Nice. That Jimmy nice. Has That's hilarious. <laughs> um. All right, I got one more question, um, mm-hmm. and then you can go into the plugs right after. So, I mean, it's three o'clock. Have you eaten something today?
1: Uh, I got a breakfast burrito in my toaster oven right now waiting for me when this when this ends
0: okay then i guess you can count that so something you've eaten today or you can say what you had for dinner or something i don't know um so like something you know if something you've eaten mm-hmm. or going to eat and then what song is on repeat record on repeat artist on repeat that you've been listening to lately Ooh,
1: that's a good question um yeah so i'll go with that I've been uh, getting into meal prepping breakfast burritos and then putting them in the freezer and then putting them in the toaster oven in the morning. And it's, uh, it's pretty dope. And so that's what I got waiting for me. And then on repeat, uh, there was a new sincere engineer song that dropped like two months ago. And it was fresh off of, we had just finished doing the tour with them and Mensinger's and, uh, it was like a library of broken bindings, I think was the name of the song. And that was like my favorite song of the summer for sure. Um, and so that's been on repeat. And then just a bunch of like uh upcoming counterintuitive stuff. Uh, that's even when this comes out, I don't think will be announced yet, but the new album from this band Kixie, that I'm very, very excited for. And uh, so that's been been on repeat for sure. Sweet.
0: So you, You probably have all this music before it even sees anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Um, At least for the projects that we have, like on the books, like there will be stuff that I'll be listening to for like six months before we even announce it and stuff. And so that's—I
0: think that's crazy.
1: It's messed up because I also don't really get to enjoy it as a. I don't get to know what it's like from a fan's perspective anymore. Yeah. It, Cause I like enjoy it in a time where I have like two people to talk to about it. Cause no one else has heard it. Yeah. And then it comes out and everyone's like, this is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but I've heard it like 80 times. <laughs> like, it's not like, and so I can't, I can't just like, like, yeah. enjoy that aspect yeah. of it anymore.
0: Um, I have one more question actually that I've sure. reminded myself of. Um, so two, I think right now, two bands that were on your, label moved over to pure noise is Mm -hmm. that it and i'm i can't remember even though i was there um is that like is that kind of your goal to like move them up or that's their own choice to just go on to if they want to go on to a different uh label a different label yeah Uh, I know you had talked in that other podcast I was listening to right before this, you had talked about how you do like project per project. So it's like the album.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, you know, I always want the artist to have the freedom to do whatever's best for them for each album. Um, and I wouldn't say necessarily that my goal is to get them to move on to bigger labels, but my goal is to get them to have a, a sustainable career. Mm -hmm. Um, in music, if that's their, if that's their goal, um, just because that's where everybody wins because we've already worked on albums together that will help me in the long term if they're still a band and then just like to see, uh, them go on to be able to be comfortable or like be able to try to make it, um, that much more comfortable for themselves. And so for Prince Daddy, I, um, when we were going to put that their new record out, we were like, we don't really need counterintuitive to do this the band's big enough where they could do it on their own if they wanted or um we could shoot for a bigger label and so i reached out to pure noise about it and it just made sense to do it there um but it was after the fact where the band had already paid for the recording they had invested 100 in themselves to be in the driver's seat to say we can do whatever we want with this finished product we have let's see what's the best option and so that was really cool um and, yeah, I guess, yeah, the band is just to – or the goal is just to help the band succeed however, yeah. however possible.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's sweet, yeah. Cool. All right, plug away.
1: Sweet. Um, I guess, yeah, uh, Oso, oh, oh, so Sore Thumb album release tour in October, November. Tickets on sale now. Please buy them. That would be important to uh, – the success of the band, <laughs> buy those tickets, um, and then keep an eye out for uh, just new music from all all your favorite uh, counterintuitive artists these days.
0: Sweet, awesome. Um, well, thank you for coming on. I'm always like in shock when people agree to come on, cause like I look up to like everything you've done, you know, and then I appreciate it's, that. Like. I have like 300 followers on Instagram and you're like, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll come on. I'm always like, what the fuck? It was the same thing with like Prince daddy and Arcadia grave. And it was just like, mm-hmm. you want to like, come on and to do this. And it's just like a crazy experience. Like I'm sitting here like, Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, cause I'm all nervous and shit, but you know, I really no, appreciate I, it. I appreciate, you
1: know? I appreciate you having me for real. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think you'd be surprised if you ask people to talk about themselves there's a lot of people that are going to say yes. Yeah,
0: that's what, that's <laughs> what it is. That's, you know, and like, I send out a message to like one person that like, I feel like might not even bother looking, you know, mm-hmm. in my, in my head, like if they might not even look cause their DMs are off because they get blown to shit constantly yeah. right now. Cause I couldn't imagine leaving my <laughs> notifications on Instagram for like, yeah. some of the shit, you know? Oh
1: yeah. But no, it can't be done.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you I'm as sure well. I'm sure I'll run into you here and there at the shows. Um, but I'll be sure to check out all the stuff that you're doing. And, uh, yeah, thanks. I'm terrible at outros because awesome. I'll just sit here no, and talk. All good. I, I appreciate
1: you having me. Yeah. Um, and and I definitely look forward to crossing paths again soon. Yeah. Awesome.
0: All right. I'll be back to talk it out. And uh, that was... That was that. Okay, bye. Alrighty.